Hello, and welcome back to Earth, Wind, and Water, Motif Magazine's leanest and greenest audio production. In each episode, Motif reporter Sam Zimmer explores environmental issues as they relate to the lives of Rhode Islanders. This week, she sits down with Shelby Mack, co-founder and worker member at the Providence Bike Collective. Before we kick it over to Sam, we would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Trinity Brewhouse, R1 Indoor Karting, Providence Brewing Company, Providence Ballet Theater, Festival Ballet, Rhode Island Blood Center, Graysale Brewing, East Bay Comics, and New Bedford Festival Theater. Welcome to the Motif's Earth, Wind, and Water, We Will Be Ancestors, Motif's environmental justice podcast. We always start this podcast with a land acknowledgement. This is for the people who have been here since before colonization, the Narragansett, Wampanoag, Poconocet, and Niantic peoples, whose unceded land we live on here in Rhode Island. We're here today with Shelby Mack, a native Rhode Islander from Bristol who currently lives in Pawtucket. Shelby works at Building Futures during the day, building, helping to build equity in Rhode Island by leveraging the apprenticeship model and also putting people experiencing poverty onto paths in the trades. Shout out to Kufa Castro, who is also on this podcast and also works at Building Futures. In her free time, Shelby loves biking and spending time with friends and loved ones. She is a co-founder and worker member at the Providence Bike Collective. Welcome, Shelby. Thanks so much for having me, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Shelby, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship to biking, teaching, and community work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as I was thinking about coming on the podcast and the focus on environmental justice, um, and I'm so grateful for what you all are doing here, I really thought a lot about my childhood, and um, I grew up in Bristol, as you said, and I spent a lot of time with my grandfather, and he told me a lot about his childhood growing up in coal mining Pennsylvania, and um, just the experience of growing up in an industry that was so punishing to people's bodies and so extractive and exploitative and his dad for example died in his 30s of black lung and that was a really common experience and so I was always aware from a really young age of injustice justice rage around that and it wasn't until later in life that I also started to think about the environmental implications of that and what burning coal is doing to our environment mm-hmm. and has done for the past, you know, approaching 200 years. And um, that really started to politicize me. And in college, I got involved with movements for workers' rights and ended up moving down to Florida to organize in solidarity with a farm worker rights movement. Oh, wow. And since then have been involved with that kind of work up here and I'm really, really grateful to get to do that work at Building Futures and then also with the Bike Collective building movements for a more just and sustainable economy. Hell yeah. Were you by chance with the Coalition of Immokalee Workers? I was, yeah. I worked with their allied movement, the Alliance for Fair Food. That's amazing. Shout out to Coalition for um, Immokalee Workers and also the Alliance for Fair Food. Love to check that out moving forward. So the Bike Collective, 
Wow. As one of the co-founders of the Providence Bike Collective and current worker member, can you tell us a little bit about the origin story? How did the PVD Bike Collective come, come about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we got started in October, November 2020, uh, early times of the pandemic, and many, many people were riding bikes who maybe hadn't as much before for different reasons, an opportunity to get outside, to move, to spend time with people, and also for basic transportation with public transportation, feeling less safe. Mm -hmm. And so we saw a real need there because there was also this period of it being really hard to get affordable bikes. And in general, a new bike off the shelf is often prohibitively expensive anyway. Mm. So we wanted to build this community bike shop where people could access free or affordable bicycles, also the knowledge for their repair, and also have an open space where they could come in and get help repairing their bikes. So that was the idea. And we really wanted to do it as a worker cooperative because we felt it was the best way for this work to happen. we really felt like that model would be a way for us to work collaboratively and leverage all of our different skills and experiences to be able to do the work together. So that's how we got started. We sat in a circle in Dexter Park, far apart from each other on a cold day, and <laughs> just kind of dreamed up what we would want it to look like. Very cool. Um, this idea of worker cooperative, can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we are 10 members and we basically run the organization together. So we make decisions together about its big picture direction, but also the day to day, what we want to spend money on, how we want our programming to look. Mm -hmm. We figure out staffing together. So we all work in the shop or do behind the the scenes work and make these decisions together as a group. Cool. Does that look like a consensus process? Yeah, we we make decisions democratically, so we have to have a majority on board in order to move forward with awesome. whatever we're doing. Very cool. Um, yeah, I was going to ask who makes up the collective. It sounds like, you know, there's 10 members. Has that, um, have they been the same 10 mem- members over time? Um, do you re-up? How does that work? Yeah, we have open calls for membership regularly. So we're always open to new people coming on board and being part of it. Um, But I really love the question of who is the collective because Mm. I think we, certainly the worker members are the people who are doing the work day to day to make it happen. But I think we really conceive of our collective more broadly, and it's the volunteers who spend a lot of time in the shop. Nothing would happen without them. It's the people who take our classes, who come in, really anybody who's part of it in any way. Awesome. Thank you. Um, How has the Bike Collective grown and changed over the years? That could be location, that could be work that's happening, capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So we've continued to do our core work, which is education around mechanics. Mm. And people go on and take that many different places. We've had people come through our classes, and someone recently became an electrician apprentice from having their first experience with that with us, um, which is really exciting. Um, And our core work of getting safe, affordable bikes out into the world, either for free through our partner organizations, 
or also for through our pay what you can bike sale where we have anything on a sliding scale starting at zero dollars um, and then also through having our regular open hours where people can come in and get help doing doing stuff on their bikes but at the same time we have started to think you know how could we take what we're doing here and make it more open make it more porous and also expand it Last year, we ran an intro to electrical workshop, speaking of electrical apprentice, and we had so much more interest than we could possibly accommodate. (laughs) We had to run like several sections, and we're thinking about what are those kind of practical, hands-on skills that people who never learn them or maybe they felt intimidating can come and learn them, and at the same time start to think about what are the systems that kind of create the injustices that we see and how could we, you know, not only learn practical hands-on skills that meet people's needs right now, but also potentially, you know, work together to transform those systems. Yeah. Wow. I really appreciate so much of what you just said. And I'm just going to disclose, um, I actually met Shelby doing a bikes mechanic course (laughs) last February, Um, and it was awesome. And yeah, the whole connection to the broader systems of of what it means to work collectively and what it means to um, do work as a community and also... Uh, really be mindful of people who are coming in with all different types of experience and making it accessible. Um, yeah, it was, and hands-on, it, it was a really incredible experience, and I recommend anyone who's listening to this and is interested in learning more about bike mechanics or elect- electronics, very cool, electrical work, um, to go ahead and and try to get on board here with the Providence Bike Collective. Yeah. Um, aside from... Um, these workshops, you know, and bike sales and uh, uh, open hours. How does the bike collective engage with the community? Um, where and how can people connect with the collective? Yeah, totally. Well, one thing that's really exciting that I forgot to say to your last question is we are about to move actually tomorrow. Um, probably we will have moved by the time this comes out to 50 Sims, which is in the Valley neighborhood. And right now we are in a place that we've really loved being over the past year, but it's really hard to bike to. It's down Elmwood and it's a little bit inaccessible, especially for people who are more in central Providence. And where we are now is going to be much more accessible from bike, from public transit. And it is also much bigger. It has lots of space for our hopes and dreams in the coming years. So, so exciting. People can find us there. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Um, and that's uh, so we'll we'll have regular open hours. We have our repair hours, and then we hold specific nights for. Um, we have a night called Grease Time. That's for women, gender nonconforming, and trans folks. Um, and we have a BIPOC night, and then we also um, have a volunteer night, and we'll be posting information about schedules in the new year on our website, pvdbikecollective.org, and on our social media. Um, And then we also really have a value of meeting people where they're at, and so in the summers we have um, every week a uh, period, usually a morning, it's been Thursday mornings in Kennedy Plaza, where 
people can come and, you know, get their tires pumped up or get help fixing their brakes or whatever they need. So that's something that we've been doing in the summer season. Very cool. Um, while at Kennedy Plaza, have you met people who are like asking what you're doing? Um, yeah, we've had a lot of traffic there and it's been really effective time to do repairs that maybe otherwise wouldn't get done and also to do repairs on things other than bikes, which is really fun. We've Ooh. fixed walkers, we've fixed rollerblades, wow. really anything that people need that has wheels and um, the person who's bottom line those is really skilled mechanic. So I don't want to make any promises, but you know, if you have a problem with any <laughs> anything, you can probably bring it there. Break <laughs> out the walkers. <laughs> I love that. That's so wonderful. Um, Amazing. Um, and right by Roller Disco, too. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, what are some lessons that you've learned as an individual or as an organizer um, since working with the Providence Bike Collective? Hmm. Alternatively, what are some experiences you're most proud of or fun story shares? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been so fun. It's so fun. The, the the people who are part of the group are just a joy. I think, um, yeah, if, if I have one takeaway, it's like build things with your friends. It's just so fun. <laughs> we, we learn so much and we, I think we've really given ourselves, um, space to change and to learn and to really think differently about our work like what I was just mentioning about what would it look like to open this up much more so that it doesn't have to be just us worker members running things mm -hmm. in the shop how could we partner with organizations who have so much to offer of their own knowledge and right um yeah we really love this idea of third spaces outside of the home, outside of work, where people can come and just be, and be for free, right? You don't have to pay. Mm. You can just be there, connect with others, learn, teach, um, eat, right? Just human things. And that's something that we're really looking forward to in our new space, being open more, being more central. Um, yeah, so I think that's something that we have learned is to really, um, yeah, be like open to the possibilities and, and to really, um, yeah, also build off of the amazing work that other groups are doing here and to really seek to partner with people who are doing incredible work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, is a great segue into my next question about other either people or organizations in Providence or the greater Rhode Island area that you currently collaborate with or have collaborated with. Yeah, one way that we've partnered is our bike redistribution work. So we partner with a bunch of organizations to get bikes out into the world. Um, Two groups that I'll mention are Project Weber Renew and Clinica Esperanza, and both of them are doing critical, life-saving work every day and also at the same time working to transform the systems that are 
fucking people over. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, Project Rubber Renew, for those who are not familiar, are doing amazing peer-oriented harm reduction work and also recovery support. And Clinica Esperanza works with uninsured people to provide free healthcare, mostly undocumented people. And we work with them to get bikes to their participants and members and clients. Wonderful, wonderful work. Where do the bikes come from that you are connecting people with? So we accept donations if people listening to this have a bike that's sitting in your garage or you know maybe it was a pandemic like you know impulse buy impulse buy (laughs) you want to send it our way we accept that um but we also hold bike drives where we collect collect bicycles we'll take anything um you know if if we can't fix it up we'll we'll scrap it awesome is there anyone or any organization that you really want to connect with that you haven't yet and I know I'm asking you, and there's many members of the Bike Collective and probably a lot of people who have connected who have their own ideas that are exciting and whatnot, but yeah. Anyone in the in the future that you, you kind of would like to give a shout out to? Ooh, that's such a good question. I mean, a group that we've already had the opportunity to partner with, but I do want to shout them out and just, you know, speak further collaboration to the world is the Providence Streets Coalition. Awesome. They've really done a lot of great work around making our streets accessible to all transit riders, you know, pedestrians, people who use wheelchairs, bikers, certainly. Um, and that work has been effective and we want to continue to support it. Awesome. Um, Do you guys, by chance, are you affiliated with the PPD Bike Jam? Is that a separate thing? We get this question a lot. (laughs) 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 So we are separate. We're a totally separate organization. Um, We have been showing up to the Bike Jams to do free repairs before Bike Jam. If anybody wants to go on the ride but something's not quite right on the bike, we'll help you fix it if we can. Um, We don't have, you know, our full shop available but we do have a very very cool mobile shop that we built (laughs) um which we're very proud of and um we actually have started to ride that mobile shop on the whole bike jam route so if somebody has a mechanical at any point in the ride we can help them out very cool (laughs) some very talented welders and mechanics in the bike collective for sure Mm -hmm. It's basically a party on bikes, I would say. <laughs> it's one Friday a month. I think it's the third Friday it's the a third month. Third Friday, yep. Third Friday a month, and um, there's a theme every month. And for example, I think this month is Festival of Bikes, aka put a lot of lights on your bike and <laughs> come on out. Um, but yeah, it's uh, easy pace ride with a few stops, and it's been hundreds of people coming to them. It's really fun. Yeah, dance party stops, optional costumes, and bike flair, um, but definitely bring some lights uh, for these darker months that gather at Burnside Park. All right. Um, what are some visions or dreams for the future for the collective? 
Mm. or areas of growth that you're currently expanding into. Mm -hmm. I know you've got this huge move literally tomorrow. (laughs) 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 Very exciting. Yeah. Um, Which the whole community is helping to to do also, which is so cool. Yeah, that's another, like, joy of our work. (laughs) I asked one of our members, our newer members the other day, like, just for fun, um, like how long he thought it took us to do our last move, and he was like, eh, three weeks. And I was like, actually, it took us six hours. Because <laughs> wow. we had like 25 people come and help us, you know, spend their Saturday, help us moving across town, and just made it happen like that. And we did something, you know, different, but in the same vein earlier this fall where we had a big donation through the city of Providence um, and a community organization of about 100 bicycles and we just got a bunch of people together. I think 50 people ended up coming through overall that day and all levels of experience including no experience and just fixing up all those bikes in one day and getting them back out onto the road and that kind of like spirit of let's be messy let's get dirty let's just do it together and make mistakes and I think that's something that we are all about and yeah it's going to be part of our move tomorrow we'll see what happens but I think we have about 35 people signed up to help us so hopefully we'll make quick work of it yeah shout out to Miss Frizzle um, for those same values. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah, getting on the magic school bus with the PPD bike collective. Right. But I forgot, I actually forgot your initial question. I feel like that didn't answer it. Um, my initial question was what are some visions and dreams for the future of the collective? Mm, yes, well, definitely moving tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the new space, We did some dreaming this fall about, yeah, really living into that third space idea and being a place where people feel comfortable to just come and be, Um, you know, particularly people who have been excluded or marginalized marginalized Mm -hmm. in hands-on contact spaces, haven't had access to that. and and also what it would look like to partner more with other groups, with individuals who have an idea. We have a volunteer who has talked about just running a car workshop but has never done something like that before, like just basic maintenance on your car. And so one thing we're going to be looking towards doing this winter is running a workshop series that has some bike stuff but also intro to using a sewing machine, how to make a frame bag for your bike, probably this car workshop, things like that where people can learn hands-on skills and then, yeah, also think about um, together what what can we, what can we build? What can Mm. we do differently? And I think that's, that's um, Leah Penniman who is part of and and co-founded Soul Fire Farm, um, which is a very different kind of projects, but one that we really look to and admire. Um, they have a model for social change where it's a butterfly, and each wing of the butterfly represents a 
element of social change. So there's a wing that is reform, there's a wing that is building, there's a wing that is healing, and there's a wing that is something else that I'm going to forget right when I need it. Um, but it'll come to me. But anyway, we really focus a lot of our, oh, resisting. Um, we really focus a lot in the building. And, but we're, we're lucky and grateful to be in an ecosystem here where people are working at all different parts of that wing. And we want to partner and, and be there with them, like our partnerships with Clinica and with Project Robo Renew and DARE and others. Very cool. Yeah. That's beautiful. I can't wait to look at this model. Um, shout out to Soul Fire Farm for being an incredible place and Leah Penniman for being an incredible dreamer um, and doer as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Very exciting stuff. Um, it's making me think about um, after driving for several years, my dad tried to um, uh, show me how to change the oil. <laughs> And the way that we discussed how to go about this business, which I already knew how to do because I had already been driving for years, was very tense. And I think that that's a lot of people's experience with mechanics. Mm. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to say that like, I felt really held in a beautiful way and in community and reflected um, in the maintenance course around, yeah, just approaches to things. And it was all really it didn't assume lack of knowledge um and uh yeah it felt really consensual and supportive the whole the whole process so mm. if you're feeling like maybe it's not for you definitely worth exploring dipping a toe in and seeing what it, the community feels like mm. Mm. thanks for saying that yeah i don't know is there anything that you'd like to share that we haven't touched on already or any shout outs um mm to folks in the collective or yeah oh yeah I mean I definitely want to shout out all of my fellow collective members I love them <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah just appreciate each of them for the many many gifts they bring um, and like I said earlier we really wouldn't be able to do our work without the big network of volunteers and people who come through and people who donate a bicycle, donate some cash, and yeah, I think that's that's how we're able to do what we do. Nice. So folks can support the Providence Bike Collective through donations um, uh, on your website or through social media, including Instagram. Um, and turning out and helping with different events when there's community calls to action. Awesome. Yeah, and I would say too, if people have an idea of something they want to do in our space, whether or not it's bike related, whether or not it needs tools or mm -hmm. not, like we have space and we want to be a place where people can teach and learn, as you're saying, in a way that is really hopefully liberatory and not, you know, shame-based. I think so much of our, the way that we learn in this society can be really centered around shame mm. and we're really trying to be a space where we um, 
really affirm that everyone has something to contribute to a learning environment and everyone has something to learn, including the, the teachers. Awesome. Yeah, really appreciate that. Uh, these affinity groups that you mentioned, you know, the BIPOC night and then also Grease Time where women, uh, non-binary folks and trans folks can get together and work on their bikes and mechanics skills. Yeah, those nights have been really great. And the reason why we chose to have them, and, and these kind of nights happen at bike community bike shops around the country, we want to acknowledge that hands-on skills are often... Um, People are excluded from them on the basis of gender, race, class, and this is a way that we move towards being a space where everyone truly belongs. We're really a space where everyone shows up and they belong there. And this is, by having these particular nights, this it's one way that we create a space where people can hopefully feel comfortable and um, just have fun working on bikes. Hell yeah, thank you so much. Speaking about historical binaries, um, or thinking about historical binaries, is, is there any real functional difference between uh, men's bikes and women's bikes, for example? <laughs> and yeah, I guess I would say in response just that I think that's more of a marketing strategy mm. than an actual functional difference. Gotcha. Thank you. All right. This was awesome. What has been your experience uh, biking in Providence in particular? Would you say that it's a bikeable city? Um, You mentioned the Providence Streets Coalition. Um, Have you noticed a difference uh, in your time here in the bikeability of the city? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I would say that the bikeability of the city has definitely improved over the past few years thanks to Providence Streets Coalition's great work. Um, I think it can still be pretty scary to bike around the city. Mm. In relative terms, um, I think Providence is a relatively bikeable city compared to other cities in the U.S., Mm. but it is still can be pretty terrifying (laughs) to to ride your bike around town. I, I ride down North Main Street probably three to four times a week on my commute, and it's really scary. I just don't know how else to put that. It's And there aren't really good alternatives right now. The best one would be would take me way out of my way if I wanted to actually mm. use a bike lane or go on a quieter street. Mm. So, <laughs> so yeah. maybe not the, the happy answer that we were looking for then. No, I mean, it's the honest answer. That's what we're looking for, the truth here, you know. Um, yeah, I appreciate Mayor Olorsa's enthusiasm for bikes. And also, I, I remember the first time that I lived in Providence was back in 2018, and I met somebody who worked for the city. Don't ask me his name, I don't remember Um, But he was telling me all about how all of these plans exist with the city of Providence that prove that increasing the bikeability of the city and literally making this small city in a small state like an example that other cities can look to for bikeability um, would be cost effective. Um, Well, Shelby, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, and sharing all about your experience with the Providence Bike Collective. This has been amazing.
Before you go, can you please just share, what is the weirdest bike that you've ever worked on? I love this question. Um, this is not the weirdest bike that I've ever worked on, but the most ingenious fix while someone was Ooh. waiting to come to us. It was a shifter that was broken and to keep their shifter in the right place um, while they were waiting to get to us, they had rigged up this really amazing complex series of sailor's knots with just a piece of very thin rope and these really intricate sailor's knots and tying it with the shifter somehow, they had made the shifter stay in the right gear Whoa. until they got to us. So that was a really amazing fix that we got the pleasure of seeing. Wow. <laughs> I found those knots, kids. Awesome. All right. Thank you for sharing. Um, well, thank you again, Shelby, so much for coming on this podcast um, and sharing about the Providence Bike Collective. Thanks so much for having me. This has been Earth, Wind, and Water from Motif Magazine. We would like to take this opportunity to once again thank the sponsors for this episode. Trinity Brewhouse, R1 Indoor Karting, Providence Brewing Company, Providence Ballet Theater, Festival Ballet, Rhode Island Blood Center, Graysale Brewing, East Bay Comics, and New Bedford Festival Theater. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you join us again for our next episode.